This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Father, we thank you. Jehovah, we praise you. We worship and we adore you. And Daddy, we say, besides you, there is none else. You are faithful. You are good. You are kind in the name of Jesus. As we look into your word of life this morning, Jehovah, please speak to us. Uh, teach us by yourself and let the name of Jesus be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we, we are concluding our sermon series today on rebuilding the waste places. Uh, one of the things I have talked about during this series is the fact that ignoring the waste place is not going to fix it. Amen? Because some people just feel, I'm just overwhelmed, I'm just tired, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to leave things as they are. Generally, what you do nothing about is going to get worse. It's not going to get better by itself. Miraculous, it just gets better. It generally gets worse. Amen? And we said waste places can represent different things in different lives. It could be a career. Amen? It could be a marriage. It could be a relationship between parent and child and child with parent. Whatever it is that represents desolation in our lives, unless we rise up and take action, is not going to get better. So it's important to note that. And as we started the journey, we saw that the first thing Nehemiah did was to acknowledge the problem. There is a problem. Jerusalem is in ruins. And there is I mean, it's a shameful thing. They acknowledged it, and then they began to pray about it. Amen? Friends, when we pray according to his will, the Bible says he hears us. And whenever he hears us, he grants us the petition that we have asked of him. Amen? So we need to take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, the big question most people ask is, Pastor, I don't even know where to start. And that is true. When the situation has been there for so long, right, and you now want to begin to fix it, you want to make it better, you say, where do I start? It's overwhelming, and that is true. And my response is always the same. Start right where you are. Amen? Start where? Right where you are. You know, in 2018, there, was, uh, there were some issues. I, I can't go into details. Issues, you know, uh, in our church body in North America. You know, and uh, a number of unpleasant things happen, you know, people. Anyway. When I saw that situation, a, lot, a number of people that know me and trust me were calling me, oh, uh, Pastor Koe, uh, 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 what do you think? I, I said, 
I have no man, no, I'm here. <laughs> you know? Uh, have you done this? Have you done that? Yes, I've done it. You know? People were skeptical. And it was okay. But in that moment, what I did was instead of resisting, I went to the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, I need a new beginning. I need a change in my life. And God began to minister to me that some of the prayers we pray, we pray out of ignorance and uh, out of culture, really. Because there's a prayer that we used to pray that every demon that is stealing my money or eating my money, I ban them in Jesus' name. Any demon, eat, uh, any money-eating demon that will come to me is not a smart demon because it will die of hunger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Gates is there. The demon did not go and attach himself to Bill Gates. And I use myself as an example because if I say if he came to you, he will die of hunger. You will say, Pastor is insulting me. Amen. So a demon that eats money cannot afflict a broke person. It's not possible. It's just a cultural thing. Ah, we have a name for it, but I don't want to lose anybody. Amen. So Nehemiah saw the situation. He assessed the situation. And the next thing he did was he took action. He began to pray. He fasted. Amen. And I told you by chapter 2, his response to the king lets us know that while he was praying and fasting, he was doing something about the situation. Because the answers he had ready for the king, it showed you a thinking person. Sort it through. The widow of the prophet this morning in workers' meeting. The husband died and left a lot of debt for the wife. Amen? And the creditors came. They were going to take her sons as ransom. If you know Bible history, you will know what that means. A widow in those days, in Bible days, it was like a death sentence. Amen? So her sons... As they, they are the only means of livelihood for her. Now they are going to take her sons. So she ran to the prophet. Say, prophet, give me money. Did prophet give her money? No. The prophet gave her a word. A word. Somebody say a word. God has given you a word. Start acting on it. Amen? We have said, as the Lord has laid on our heart, that the year 2024 is an up year. It's a year of increase. But you have to take action. You have responsibility. Matter of fact, this Tuesday, we're starting a sermon series on Arise. Arise. If this series has been a blessing to you, you don't want to miss that. Because that's like a sequel to this one. Amen? Two words I want to leave with you this morning. If you are the type that write, write it down. Number one is consistency. 
Number two is diligence. Everything we have studied about Nehemiah shows us consistency and diligence. Consistency refers to the state of being consistent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. When you are consistent, you are reliable. You are steady. You are not, you, you are not tossed to and fro like the wave of the sea. Today is IT. Tomorrow is nothing. And the day after, it, you, know, you just keep going and drifting and just inconsistency. When you are consistent, you are reliable. You are steady. Your behavior in principle and in performance is uniform. Anybody looking at you can gauge and say, of a truth, this is the story with you. I have known Wale 2016. 2016. Since I've known him, the only thing he's ever talked to me about is leadership this, leadership that, leadership, 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 leadership. I'm like, God will help you. <laughs> you know? And his vision, his vision for life is raising 20 million leaders, 10 million leaders. And very consistent. Very consistent. You cannot engage him in a 10 minutes conversation that something on leadership will not pop up. Consistency means maintaining a stable and unchanging standard. What you have set your heart to do is what you are focused on and consistently doing. Like they say, you want to change a behavior. Say, so do it consistently for 21 days. It will become a habit for you. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Amen. The New King James says, in and out of season. It's talking about being st stable, being steady, being consistent. Continue to do that thing. As you continue to do it, you, you're going to get better with it. Amen? You will get better with it. Too many people are distracted because of all the other noise on the side. Hebrews 10.23 Hebrews 10, 23, the Bible says, let us hold tightly without wavering. Somebody say, without wavering. Don't waver. Will there be issues? There will be issues. Will there be problems? There will be problems. Will there be resistance? There will be resistance. Nobody has ever accomplished anything great without issues. Nobody. And you will not be the first. There will be resistance. He said, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Whatever vision God has given you, whatever God has laid on your heart, you can do it. Okay, three people. 
Somebody say, I can do it. A few weeks ago, Ogo and her mom did Thanksgiving here. Am I right? How old is mommy? 74. 74. Still aspiring. You know, and here you are, 45, you say it's too late. Which calendar are you looking at? Amen. So, be stable, be steady, be unwavering. Don't allow yourself to be tossed to and fro. Sister Betty has been in business, same business, for 34 years, 31. Oh, okay. 31 years, three decades doing the same thing. Do you think the way she was when she started is the way she is now? Excellence. It's gotten better. She's gotten to know the craft even better. Amen? You have to be consistent. Look at your neighbor say, you have to be consistent. What's the second word? Diligence. Diligence is the ability to stay on task and work hard at it. Diligence refers to careful and persistent effort. Careful and what? Persistent effort. There are things that will happen along the way that may recognize failure. Just know it's just part of the story on the journey. Amen? True life story. God is my witness. I know this person like one-on-one. We were in class together. This guy would not give up. He refused to give up. And it worked out for him eventually. Every class in vet school, this guy repeated. The first year, he repeated. Moved to the second year. That's where we met. We finished second year. He repeated. We left him there and moved to three. We finished third year. He moved to third. Every, every class, he repeated. But guess what? He finished. <laughs> guess what? He finished. And when he finished, he went to the Netherlands to do his master's degree. <laughs> Can I shock you? Yes. The best in his class. Wow. The best in his class. WHO came to recruit him to work for them. Diligence. Staying on task. Continue to work on it. It will get better. Amen. Amen. Diligence is steadfast commitment. Steadfast commitment. Some people, because you had a few bumps in the road, you have given up. So let me go try uh, database, data analysis. I'm now a data analyst. Amen? Don't allow yourself to be tossed to and fro. Be consistent and be diligent. 
Listen to this. Proverbs 22, 29, King James. It says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand <laughs> before who? Kings. He shall stand before kings and not before mean men. Amen? It means whatever it is God has laid on your heart, ultimately it will take you to where you need to be. In the name of Jesus. Proverbs 12, 24. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule. But the lazy will be put to forced labor. Amen? The hand of the diligence will do what? It will rule. And guess what? The lazy will come and serve the diligent. And the lady will say, I mean, the lazy will say is the woman in the village. The old lady in the village. They are doing me. Hallelujah. The example we have been using is the example of Nehemiah. Nehemiah inquired about Jerusalem, and they told him it was a terrible situation. M maybe a quick background. You may not know this, but I, I think you, well, anyway, let, let, let me give you a brief background there. When the Babylonians attacked Jerusalem, of course, when you are attacking, the first thing you do is tear down the defenses of your opponent. They were the ones that tore down the walls and destroyed the whole place and took them as slaves until the Persian Empire came along and took over from the uh, Babylonians and set everybody free. So what you are seeing is the aftermath of war. Aftermath of war, it was terrible, terrible. And everybody looking at that situation had no suggestion, no recommendation. Like for you and I, some of those desolations in our lives is the aftermath of war. You have been through. The enemy had dealt some blows to you. To put you down. But you will arise. Amen. Okay. Like 50 people. You will arise. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So. Nehemiah came along. And when he came along. One of the first things he did. When he got to Jerusalem. At night. He went and assessed the situation for himself by himself. That's the part I've been telling you about. Any idea you have in mind, the first thing you do is research. Do research. Stop running around and saying, I need somebody. No, 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 you can use Google. Amen? Do you know to write a proposal, Tajipiti, just tell it. Write a proposal on uh, building whatever, whatever. He will spill it out for you. In fact, you tell it, he said, write this proposal in first person. 
Because if you don't give it specific instruction like that, it can develop it in third person. Like you are writing it for somebody else. You give it specific instructions, it will bring it out for you. You have an idea about a book. There's a book God has laid on your heart. You know the chapters. You know, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. Uh, you input all of those data into that thing. It will roll it out for you. Do research. He did not depend and rely on hearsay. He has he's heard that they are troubled and they are disgraced. So he, when he got there, he went to see for himself. He did not speak to anybody. Did an inspection. Walked around. The first thing you need to do, because I truly believe this year you are going up. Yeah. That is why we started with this series. Because I want to set the right kind of expectation. Prayer is important, but prayer is not all you need. If all we need is the spirit, God will not have given us a brain. Yeah, you can fill it with water. You know, like a balloon. Fill it with air, whatever. But he put brain there because there are certain things that God expects for you and I to do for ourselves. You want to start a business. Speak to those that have started and they are thriving. What's the first thing you did? How did you start? How did you register? What does the law say? Google things. Look for information. He looked for information and he came up with a strategy. Came up with a strategy. The entire time with the opposition, people fighting, uh, with the, the ones that want to bring war, uh, then he also in chapter 5, in chapter 5, Nehemiah found out that some people were taking advantage of others. Amen? The rich among them were oppressing the poor. As they are fixing the world, he took care of that as well. How long do you figure, if you know it already, don't say it. How long do you figure it took them to fix the world all around the city? How long? Anybody? Any guesses? Huh? Four years? Three years? Okay. Anybody else? Any guesses? Five years? Guess. 27 years. <laughs> Let's open to Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah and the 6th chapter. Verse 15. It says, so on October 2, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we begun. That is the power of consistency and diligence. The work was completed in 52 days. For years, everybody has been looking at the ruin. 
Everybody is wondering about the ruin. Everybody is saying, what are we going to do? We just built the temple. We just did this. We, just, we are tired. We are weary. Until one man came along. One man. You know the lesson here? Until you start, you cannot look at the finish line. You can't even see it. Amen? Until you start, there is no consideration for finishing. In less than two months, the wall was built. You know why? The people were enthusiastic. The people had zeal. Even though they were afraid because of the enemy, they, their fear did not change what they were doing. Even in the state of fear, they were consistent. I was listening, I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to a podcast during the week. The guy said, put fear in the passenger seat. That fear is a good thing. <laughs> he said, I don't fear anything. Oh, I'm sorry for you. He said, put, don't, he said, it's okay. Fear is there, but put it in the passenger seat. Don't let fear sit in the driver's seat. When fear is in the driver's seat, fear is controlling and ruling your life. What did those guys do? They put fear in the driver's seat. With one hand, they are lifting stones, they are putting it there, they are carrying mortar, they are putting it together, and with one hand, they held their sword. They continued working. They continued working. I've had people say, oh, I'm just going to take some time off. That's okay, take time off. Take all the time you need. But just know that the clock will not stop for anybody. Amen? The Bible says, time and chance happens to everything. There's a right season to do stuff. If you do stuff in the right season, it comes easy to you than when you do it out of season. It's like you want to plant something that is not in season. The weather is not right. The temperature is not right. The moisture is not right. But you know you can still do it. You create those conditions, you're going to do extra work. You to create those conditions, the moisture, the humidity, the, the, the temperature, you can regulate all of that. But it's going to be more work. When you work in the right season, you will get so much more done than when you are operating out, out of season. You know, <laughs> even medical insurance, they'll tell you in network. <laughs> And out of network, you pay more. I believe for some people, I hate to give number, but the number that has been recurring in my, in my mind is 20. There's at least 20 people that their lives will be transformed un unbelievably. Yeah. Unbelievably. It's going to be a major trans transformation Amen. in the name of Jesus. And now is the time. Yes. Today is the day. 
When is the time to start? Now. now. When do you start? Now. 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 Start now. Start now. Start now. In 52 days, they finished. Joy. Only 52. Somebody said, oh, maybe it took them two years. Maybe four. Maybe five. It took 52 days. 52 days. Many people have scared themselves out of destiny. You have told yourself it cannot be done. Or perhaps somebody had whispered to you that it couldn't be done. You know, <laughs> there was somebody that uh, just moved to San Antonio. You know, and uh, I told her, you know, you could do this, you could do that, you know, and uh, your income is going to go up in ways that you cannot believe. So the person took the advice, did that thing. But while they were trying to do it, others were saying, look, you met us in America. What is wrong with you? There is nothing you can do the way you are doing it that will give you the kind of outcome you're talking about. The person did. In fact, it happened for them sooner than later. Everything came together. Everything came together. Everything came together. Some people will tell you, oh, to move from uh, low income uh, to six figures, is a process of five, six, seven years. For this person, it was within months. Transition. Transition. The people that are talking to you, they are not, many of them have good intentions. And they are speaking from their place of knowledge. They are speaking what? They are speaking their truth but their truth is not your truth. Amen? Amen? So I want you to prepare yourself. I'm going to wrap up with this. Let us read from uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 12. At the end of the day, now they are dedicating the wall, the gates. Everything is finished. 1227. I'll read to 31, then I'll jump to 40. For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What are we doing today? Thanksgiving. And with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem and from the villages uh, of the Netophathites. Uh, uh, they also came uh, from Beth Gilgal and the rural area of Geba and Ashmavet, for the singers had built their own settlements around Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites first purified themselves. Then they purified the people the gates and the wall. I led the leaders of Judah 
to the top of the wall and organize two large choirs to do what? To give thanks. One of the choirs proceeded, uh, proceeded southward along the top of the wall to the dung gate. And the same thing. And then in verse 43, the Bible says they offer sacrifices unto the Lord. What I want to tell you today is that God's credit is good. Michael, God's credit is good. You can thank him in advance of what you are believing him for. There's a story of a lady that had a true life story. In fact, this happened here when the old church owed the IRS a lot of money. A lot, like half a million. She owed to IRS. And she was looking at jail time. Couldn't get a lawyer. Long story, but I'm just going to make it simple like that. Couldn't get a lawyer. Nobody, to, nobody wanted to represent her. So she came to church and told me the story. I scratched the back of my head. I said, am I a lawyer? <laughs> I'm a pastor, you know? So I, I should pray, and then if you don't find a lawyer, I say, that pastor is a fake pastor. <laughs> anyway, long story short, we prayed. She got a lawyer. Then a few months later, she shocked me to my bones. So I would keep asking, so how is the case going on? I said, it's going well, Pastor. Oh, the, the attorneys, they are this, they are that. Anyway, a few months later, she came to me and brought $2,000. Said, I'm paying a tithe in advance of what I am trusting God to do for me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Never had it before. First and last to date. You know what happened? They continued with the case, and then the IRS settled for how much? Guess. You know the story. <laughs> when she gave the time, settled for $20,000 from half a million dollars. You know what she did? She understood God. She got God, you know. So she gave in advance. What was she doing? She was giving thanks in advance. Say, Lord, I know your credit is good. God cannot owe any man. Amen. I want you to rise to your feet this morning. And I want you to lift up both hands to heaven. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.